Hello, welcome to another episode of Talks with Cheese. Today, once again, my guest here today is my cousin Isaiah. Isaiah, how are you doing? I am doing well. I'm glad to be back after a fantastic first episode and uh, to see where this goes. It was a good episode. So today we're going to be talking about more about the podcast itself, right? And number two, we're going to talk about if Tom Holland is going to return to Spider-Man, and if not, who will be, who is going to step up as a live-action Spider-Man? And then third, we're going to talk about our thoughts on Sony's Spider-Man universe. And then last, we're going to talk about our just our like quick thoughts about Moon Knight. How does that sound to you, Isaiah? Uh, let's do it. All right. First of all, I just want to like I'm just overwhelmed with the support and love that I got of releasing this podcast. It was honestly, guys, so unexpected. I did not expect to get that much love. And then let me check real quick. So the last time I checked on my uh, analytics on Anchor, because Anchor is the uh, host of this podcast that really lets me distribute uh, the podcast to you guys through Apple Music, through Spotify. And then as we're speaking of this recording, I got a total of 71 plays. I did not expect that at all. Like, I'm just so, like, flabbergasted. Like, I just can't thank you guys enough for listening. Like, and then seriously, thank you to whoever shared the story, I mean, shared my post, and then, yeah, I, I'm just lost of words, and then it just, this just keeps me, this makes me just want to keep going and going, guys, and then, so you're wondering, some of you guys may be wondering, why did it take me a couple weeks to do my first recording? Well, first of all, number one, I really want to just take some time releasing the episode give it a couple of weeks because we were we were uh reviewing doctor strange of the multiverse madness and obviously i didn't want to like post out a spoiler movie review like on the opening weekend because you know who's gonna listen to that like, on the first weekend would you like say the same thing isaiah yeah those can be really tricky especially if you don't uh, specify that they're spoilers and then you start off on a bad foot because people are mad you spoiled the movie so i think that's good uh good yeah, decision yeah exactly so and number two was uh I didn't have to cover art. So thankfully, uh, Sam Hamill, which was one of the girls I went to watch the Shock to Trains movie with, she was a graphic design major. So I was like, why not ask, you know? So she was really nice enough to, you know, give me a design. And then it took it took us a couple of days to, you know, make some adjustments to where you will see the cover art right now. And it just looks uh, fantastic. Isaiah, mm-hmm. what do you think about the cover art yourself? I've seen it. It's pretty funny. Um, now, I obviously don't call you Cheese. I generally call you Adrian, but I know that is a I know that is your nickname. Um, and it is uh, it, it perfectly encapsulates, uh, I think, what people think of uh, when they think of you, which is Cheese, because that is your what you're known, as well as the jersey. I think it is a perfect representation of you. Exactly. I just feel like this cover art really fits my personality. And like the colors, dude, I just really like black and red for some reason. Like, like most, like literally, if you look at ninety percent of my tennis shoes, it's black and red. I just don't, I just like the color black and red. And I do like watching the uh, the Chicago Bulls because my favorite player is Lonzo Ball. So you know, it just fits me well, right? Yeah. And then uh, also, yeah, yeah. And then and like I said, guys, uh, I know I mentioned this on Facebook and in, in other uh, posts, but I just want to share uh, share this right now. So, like I said, like, just my podcast has been on my mind for months and months, and I just want to just do it because just besides thinking about it, because just, you know, life is too short to uh, 
to not do things outside your comfort zone. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I just like, I know it's cliche, but if you really want to do something, at least start somewhere, at least start somewhere. Cause I know right now the pack, the podcast I've been having, it's not perfect, but I will get better. Um, getting better audio and it's just going to get better from here on out. And Isaiah, your thoughts about this? Yeah, I, well, first of all, uh, I just want to again, commend you, uh, on taking the step to do it. Uh, obviously, as you have mentioned, there has been nothing but positive feedback and you still acknowledge rightfully so that, you know, there are places you can improve and you'll get better, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it or should stop off the bat. Um, also, thanks for having me be your guest again. I appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to the future success of this podcast. Well, thank you for the kind words, Isaiah. And I know, seriously, thank you for being my guest, being willing to do it with no hesitation. You're the man, you know, we're family. I love you. So anyways, let's get on with Tom Holland. So Isaiah, so I was like, really like, I've been researching about Tom Holland's future. And then he says that he doesn't really know if he's going to return as Spider-Man. And honestly, I really want him, like, to be back as Spider-Man. Because, honestly, like, he's such a great actor. He fits Spider-Man, especially in the MCU well. So, like, mm-hmm. what do you think about his future? Personally, I think it's all uh, negotiation uh, tactic type stuff. Um, and I think the model for this that you can look at is Robert Downey Jr., uh, because after Avengers 1, people like to look back and obviously he was he is Iron Man and I couldn't see anyone else doing the role. But there was there was a lot of talk after almost every single Avengers movie and after Iron Man 3, after Iron Man or after um, Avengers 2. Uh, is he going to come back? Is he coming back? We don't know. There was this whole like discourse online of. Iron Man being like a James Bond type character and that different people can play him and it can still be the same character. So people kind of forget that, but Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man for, you know, 10, 10, 12 years was never set in stone. Like, so, and, and there was a lot of points along the way where Disney was probably prepared to, to lose him and not give him enough money, but they did every single time and it worked out great. So I don't see any reason why Marvel and Disney would not do the same thing for uh, Tom Holland uh, going forward. Well, gee, yeah, you, you're exactly right. So back when Robert Downey Jr., so I, like on TikTok, online, you saw how he got the bag big time after Iron Man 1. It just seemed like it went from $2 million to $5 million in Avengers and then in the, in the other projects, like in the other Avengers projects, excuse me, he was making $15 million in those roles, as well as like share of revenue of the Phil releases so oh my gosh so like I don't see why like Sony and Disney can come up with good negotiations with Tom Holland because I feel like if they agree to put back Tom Holland as Spider-Man this guy is the limit for them like why not you know why being so why be selfish like why in Sony's perspective why be selfish you know Mm because everyone at least FCU fans love Tom Holland Spider-Man, you know? Yeah, I I think it really uh, all comes down to how often they want to uh, back a dump truck full of money up to Tom Holland's house and say, can you do this at least one more time? You know, 
But I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not doubtful at all that Tom Holland will continue to be our Spider-Man, especially since um, the last uh, little tiff or breakup that Sony and Marvel had a couple years ago. I remember was, that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we all remember where we were when we heard the news that Tom Holland was out of the MCU. Uh-huh. And that was oh. like a very stressful month or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to happen again for a while. So. Well, Isaiah, I really hope, you know, you're right. And then side story with that. So I remember when that news broke up, right? It was like the summer going to my junior year of college, which was the year I went to Purdue. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what a horrible start to my semester. Like, that's, Tom Holland's not back, you know? This sucks entering Purdue. But, like, I don't know, maybe like a week or two later into the semester, I'm, like, scrolling through IG, you know, taking a study break. And I look at Tom Holland's IG account, right? And he mm. releases a video of a clip of, of the of Wall Street, right? You've seen that mm. movie, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. So he posts that scene where Leonardo DiCaprio says, I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and then from yeah. there on, I knew that he was back, baby. That he was back from mm-hmm. there on. So, yeah, that got me. It really got me hyped up. So, anyways, I do, so I do agree that hopefully negotiations do agree with both parties. But I also saw in, in, in interviews, right, and other stuff that Tom Hall says that he wants a break. That right there, mm-hmm. I do not blame him one bit because he's been pretty damn busy for the past like what five or six years with the Marvel projects, you know, like such as Avengers, Spider Man. He was in animated like films like uh, Onward, mm-hmm. Doctor Doolittle. Even though that wasn't animated, but he still <laughs> played a, a voice action uh, role. Yeah, he played in Cherry, which I still need to watch. He played mm-hmm. Devil all the time. What, what else am I missing? Uncharted, which was freaking Uncharted. awesome. And then yeah, There's like. That. Daisy Ridley movie from like 2015, the Chaos Walking. Yeah, Chaos Walking. That was a, that right. Yeah, thank you. That was a disappointing. And also, I think especially after this, also he's also going to appear on Apple TV's. The it's called the Crowded Room. So all those projects I just mentioned to you, Isaiah, I seriously do not uh, blame him for one to take a break. Yeah, exactly. He's he's. I mean, he's like our age, if not a little bit older. 25, 25. Yeah, okay, so so he's like two years older than us. And like you said, you know, his first big Marvel movie was 2016. So that, you know, it's like seven or eight years ago already. Like that is insane because, you know, they would have been filming in 2015. Yeah, that's wild to think about. But Captain America Civil War was over five years ago at this point. And he has really not stopped. Yeah, there. I mean, since then there have been three you know, he's had an MCU trilogy since then, and he has been filming probably nonstop pretty regularly since at least 2015, just different projects, MCU-related and well, not. So well, get this, I don't blame him. Get this, Isaiah. Even before his break, his breakout mainstream role as Spider-Man in Civil War, he was still playing projects before, like, 2015, you know? Like, I mm-hmm. remember him in the impossible back in 2012 about the oh, Shinobi wow. oh. with uh, Evan McGregor and Noemi Watts oh. that one oh. and get that that was, uh, fun fact guys that's his film debut as you, as uh, you cannot tell enough I'm a big fan of Tom Holland but yeah Isaiah did you ever watch that the impossible I think I did um he was a little little kid it's not ring it's not ringing any bells but uh that does not surprise me that 
because I know there's a picture of him like as a relatively young kid and he was still an actor. So I know he's been acting a lot of his life. But yeah, yeah, the point is like, yeah, he's been acting since 2012. That's what, 10 years? Yeah. It just seems like he's been on the grind for 10 years straight. And then like at the end of the day, he's human just like us. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I can give him, as long as, yeah, just we can all say, okay, take a break. But as long as you take your good, what, one, two, maybe three year break, and then come back as Spider-Man. We all be happy. Yeah, I completely agree. Especially the way that the MCU is like structured now. I don't even know when Spider-Man 4, like we know Spider-Man 4 is coming, right? We know it's happening. Do you throw a calendar at me? I don't know when it's coming out, you know? And I'm sure we're getting to that phase where uh, Marvel will give us another updated calendar for like the next couple of years. But as of right now, it's like, I think we don't even know all the projects coming out 2023. So yeah, for we real. don't really know, you know? It just seems like, side note on that, Isaiah, it just seems at the moment, like Marvel is just like kind of overwhelming themselves because we don't even know what movies slash TV shows nowadays, right? Is like considered phase five because it just seems like this phase four is just so long. Because hell, before phase four, I thought phase three was long enough. Hell, yeah, I I feel like the Disney Plus TV shows kind of compound that. Um, I was gonna say problem, but I don't think it's a problem. In that we had at one point, like I mean, even last year, uh, three Marvel movies a year. But it's just the fact that we also got like two or three Marvel TV series in the same year. So that's six projects total. Meanwhile, before Disney Plus shows, it would have just been three movies flat. But then we got three movies and three TV shows. Um, so I, yeah, I'm kind of conflicted in that it feels like a lot. But at the same time, it also allows them to move the phase along faster. Um, so I do agree, though, in that we don't really know what the end cap of this phase is going to be. Is it going to be an Avengers movie um, or whatever else it could be? It's only been Avengers movie so far in the MCU that kind of cap off each phase. Um, so I don't know what that's going to look like. And I don't know when a theoretical Avengers 5 would even come out, you know? Well, they say, like, rumors or everyone's been saying the next quote-unquote Avengers movie is going to be like a Secret Wars, you know? That's the main mm-hmm. type of theme or like yeah. ideology about the next Avengers movie. So yeah, we don't, yeah, I don't, we don't know. And then see, that was a problem I knew when, all, when the MCU announced that they were going to like come out with like these TV projects on Disney plus, I knew it was going to be kind of a problem. Cause like not everyone can afford it. Not that, not that everyone can afford it, but some people may not want Disney plus cause they, they may say, okay, I don't want to spend this money if I just want to watch Marvel shows itself, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, heading to Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, I've talked to some people, and they were so confused with the story because about the kids, right? Because they didn't watch WandaVision because they didn't have Disney+, Plus, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that is... I think we touched on this a little bit last week where that is kind of where Marvel becomes a victim of its own success, you know? Um they become so big that it kind of be like for me and you, we keep up on everything. We're fine. But like you were saying, there were several people that you went to go see it with and they were kind of like, what is, what, where's, what is going on? You know? I mean, not just them, but I was on to RJ, our cousin, you know, Rafa. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I was telling him, hey, because uh, he was telling me he was thinking about seeing like the Multiverse of Madness movie, right? I was like, mm-hmm. hey, have you watched One Division now? I mean, have you watched One Division yet? He's like, no. I was like, at least watch a recap. He's like, okay, bet. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. I, was, I was saying not just the people that went with me, but there's other people that don't have Disney Plus, you know, or don't even bother mm-hmm. with the TV series to where that, to where they were, they're gonna get in, connected with movies to where they're gonna get confused if they didn't watch those TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that could be a problem going forward. Um, I will say. Uh, just say thinking on the TV series that we've had besides WandaVision, um, like going forward, I'm trying to think like Miss Marvel, which comes out next month, we know ties into Captain Marvel too. So it's like, it becomes frustrating in that there is almost like homework to do before you see the next movie. But at the same time, it's not actual homework. It's still like a, a, an exciting uh, TV series or whatever. So it, if, if you don't keep up, it could be kind of a slog, but if, if you, you know, keep up relatively well, um, I don't think it does as big of a pain in the ass, but I do agree that you kind of, it's like, if you don't have Disney Plus, then you're kind of confused on who the fuck are these kids? Why does, the last time I saw Scarlet Witch, she was holding up Thanos and then, like, almost ripped him apart, and now she had kids? What the fuck is going on? Yeah, what's going so, on? Yeah, exactly. You know, I could see the confusion yeah, it just, I don't know. It's just so crazy. So, like, okay, my next question. So, Isaiah, mm-hmm. like, so let's say theoretically something happens. Like, say Tom Holland pulls a, uh, what's his name, the director of Spider-Man, John Watts, right? Say he pulls a John Watts of, like, just saying, yep, I'm not doing this project. Just, guys, if you don't know, John Watts just pulled out uh, the Fantastic Four project as a director right so theoretically what if tom holland does that but as an actor saying yep i'm not playing spider-man who do you really think will play spider-man character wise or actor wise boy yeah that is a really good question because i mean like personally i i don't think that's going to happen but it's just embracing, what? yeah embracing this theoretical whew, that's that's rough because like, assuming that it would even get to that point, I feel like Marvel would at least try and be thinking of what their next move would want to be. Um, because do you, you know, do you try and recast? They could. We haven't, I, mean, I was going to say we haven't had that yet, but we have had that yet with um, uh, Rhodey, um, who was Terrence Howard in Iron Man yeah. 1, and they <laughs> yeah. just recast them to Don Cheadle. And, it worked out, um, though. Yeah, it worked out. Worked out really well. You know, boom, you're looking for this is a line I see on Reddit all the time. I think it's really funny. Um, but I, I honestly think that they would probably, as unpopular as it might seem at the time, I think they would just recast because Spider-Man is too important of a character, both story-wise, which is like what most people like to think of, like when, when they get not necessarily emotional, but that they're attached to the character, but also important monetarily i know i mentioned last week spider-man is a very profitable character and at the end of the day as much as we love the mcu it is a business that is there to make money and so spider-man is stupid profitable and i think it'd be weird of them to at the very least not continue some of the stories that they have set up for the mcu spider-man what about you? What, do you think they would recast? Do you think they would bring someone back? 
So here's here's my take, Isaiah, and I'm really excited to say this because I've been thinking about this answer for a while now, you know, mm-hmm. while thinking uh, of generating ideas for this episode. But anyways, yeah. um, I think they will, like, you know, move on to another character. So besides Peter Parker, I feel like they're going to bring on Miles Morales. And if you guys mm-hmm. don't know, Miles Morales uh, was in uh, Spider-Man Across the Multiverse, right, Isaiah? Is that the title? Um into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse, which is like yeah. a Sony animated film. I thought it was, okay, side note, I thought it was right, but I think a lot of people really, really loved it. But I just thought it was right. That's my opinion. But anyways. Really? Yeah, I know. So I'm sorry. Hot take. But anyways, <laughs> I yeah, I can see if Tom Holland decides, yep, fuck you guys. Um, I think they can go with Miles, Miles Morales because, like, I'm going to paraphrase here, but back in No Way Home, I, I love the reference when Jamie Foxx says to Andrew Garfield. <laughs> He's like, yeah. man, there has to be a, there has to be a black Spider-Man somewhere, and and the that like right there, I just knew. Yep, Miles Morales reference. Mm-hmm. And on that point, I think that is interesting because um, already in the MCU we have that that one reference as well. The I thought there would be a black Spider-Man or something, but um, in Homecoming, I was thinking about uh, that. I think yeah, I yeah, going I'll, going yeah. In, in Homecoming, there is a deleted scene. So I don't think, I think it was cut from the movie, but they did film it and it has been released. So is it canon? Who knows? Great question. But of, um, why am I blanking on his name? The rapper. Um, um, Childish Gambino. Yeah, yeah. Whatever his 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 real name is. Um, I think Donald Glover. Donald Glover. But that Childish uh, Gambino is his stage name, right? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, I was somewhere right, okay. Yeah, yeah, you were right. I, I, I didn't want to call him Childish Gambino because I know that's not like his actor name, but um, that's who I think. That's who I think about when I when that guy pops up yeah. my head. You know, anyway, I, I knew him from Community first, so that's what throws me off. But um, he plays uh, the same character actually from from uh, Spider Verse, uh, the Prowler, who is in the comics Miles Morales's uncle. Um, if you've seen Spider Verse, you know that that doesn't necessarily end well for him, but in Spider-Man Homecoming, the first MCU Spider-Man movie, um, he is a very minor character who interacts with Spider-Man as like a street-level criminal. And uh, in the this deleted scene, uh, Donald Glover's hand has been wed to a car by Spider-Man, and he gets a phone call, and he's on the phone, and he says, like, sorry, I'll be there later, Miles. Like, so does Miles Morales exist as a, you know, 12 year old kid in the mcu now it's been several years since homecoming it's probably been like a decade in universe i don't know how long it's been yeah in universe you include, since homecoming. yeah if you include like the blip and all those events yeah around. exactly well yeah so, yeah i think we don't well, know if he, he exists yeah and if he did exist did he blip so maybe he's still younger i mean by the time right now in the so in the earth 616 at least he should be at least somewhat decent of like a 17 18 year old kid you know what i'm saying mm-hmm if not his early 20s. Exactly. It's just so confusing um, with MCU. I mean, with the MCU, if you got, because we don't know if Miles Morales got blipped or not. We don't know that. And we also don't know really if Tom Holland were to call it quits, what would happen to the deal between Sony and Marvel? Um, like, does it still stand? And then you just replace it with either another actor or a different character, like you're, like you're mentioning. Because um, I, I do think that we will see a live action Miles Morales at some point. I think it'd be stupid not to um, into the Spider, like the Spider-Verse franchise uh, with two and three coming out in the next couple of years. 
like they were very well received um, and people are very excited for them. So to transfer that to live action, especially with all the multiverse stuff going on, say he's, you know, say maybe we could see an alternate universe, Miles Morales, that is established. And then our spider, our Spider-Man sees him or something. I don't know. I think that opens a lot of exciting uh, doors for the future of the franchise. I just don't know uh, how they're going to do it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So to end on that, like, point, Isaiah, I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, you really had, you really had a good point, Isaiah. Um, I just really hope at the end of the day, like, you know, we want Tom Holland because, you know, he just plays the perfect MCU Spider-Man, in my opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. And then last question before we move on to the next uh, topic. Who is your favorite Spider-Man? Because <laughs> oh, as you can boy. tell, okay, I want to take, I want to say my take first, because obviously, guys, based on our conversation so far, you can tell that, hey, my favorite Spider-Man out of three between Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland. That's gonna be Tom Holland. I just feel like the you know he he was casted. He was first casted as Spider Man back in uh, back when he was nineteen. While like Toby and Andrew were casted back in their mid twenties, right? So he looked like the perfect like you know teenager to play uh, Spider Man, right? And then and I know it's like recency bias, but like like I was talking about before, like Tom Holland, he played he's just a good actor in general. Like he plays in really good projects because right after Spider-Man No Way Home, he played in Uncharted, right? And that movie, <laughs> Uncharted, was number one in the box office. And then because because when I look at movies like Tobey Maguire, I don't really see him in known projects other than Spider-Man. Maybe The Great Gatsby, but that didn't really, like, I didn't really like that movie. And for Andrew Garfield, the only movie I saw him in outside Spider-Man was on uh, The Social Network. And like I said, that movie wasn't the best. But anyways, Isaiah, what's your take on this? Like, who's your favorite Spider-Man? Well, I think that if you say anyone besides Tom Holland, you're lying to yourself. Um, And the reason I say that is because, I mean, one of the big points that that you bring up, when Tom Holland, or when uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were cast, they were like mid-20s. Um, And we're supposed to believe that they're like in high school. And that's kind of a thing in all of media where you need, like a high school age, whatever, and people are like 42. But also, I think he does justice to a lot of aspects of the character that maybe the other two only did justice to certain parts of the characters. Um, One thing that sticks out to me is uh, Andrew Garfield specifically, uh, buying him as a nerd or whatever just never made any sense to me because he just just looked like a mid-2000s skater boy. Like, I don't, that when, like, Tom Holland is supposed to be, like, this, like, Argyle sweater-wearing glasses guy, and, well, Tom Holland doesn't exactly play it like that. He still plays it as, like, this kid who uh, is down on his luck, and I think he does that really well. Um, and I guess it, it's it's hard to know because we'll never really see it, but uh, Tom Holland's interactions with all the other movies, all the other Avengers is, is very exciting to see. And obviously we never got to see Andrew Garfield talk to, you know, Iron Man or whatever, but I still believe that Tom Holland just portrayed the character and also the storylines that we got to see with his character were very exciting. And especially a lot of stories that, I mean, even if you think about it, No Way Home is an original story. Like that's not based on, you know, any specific arc or anything from the comics and i think that was a very interesting 
um, path that they took there. So I think it's Tom Holland uh, easily. I don't even think it's a question personally. That's awesome. But hey, like, you know, I mean, that's awesome that you agree with me. I was actually surprised that you said that. I'm, I'm going to be honest. But hey, at the end of the day, we all grew up with Toby McGuire, though. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I love those movies, but I still think that Tom Holland just does a better job because especially by the time you're watching Spider-Man 3 uh, or Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3, he's he, he's just like, I mean, the movie itself, there are problems, but I just, yeah, I just don't like what they did with, with uh, Spider-Man in that movie. And so I think at the end of the day, Tom Holland easily takes it. I will say, um, I think No Way Home did a good job of like, not necessarily rehabilitate, uh, rehabilitating those characters, but making them like making the general audience love them again uh because while i love no way home i still think that my favorite spider-man in that movie is andrew garfield just because i think he gets like the biggest laughs and i think they did a good job of like hey actually he's not awful but tom holland still takes it yeah he redeemed himself big time andrew garfield he redeemed himself big time in his role in no way home and yeah Mm -hmm. i just yeah you cannot hate on his performance if whoever hates whoever hated his performance then screw you you're not human whack so moving on to the next topic Isaiah so um I want to touch on our thoughts on Sony's Spider-Man universe also known as also known as the SSU and then guys what I'm talking about is uh apparently Sony is trying to make their own universe type of thing and like the like the movies that they came out so far that that's in the quote-unquote SSU, is Venom, Venom, whether it be Carnage, and Morbius, right? And the upcoming projects that I know of that's also going to be that's also going to be in the SSU is uh, Craven the Hunter. So, and in which I'm actually, like, low-key excited for. I don't know why. But anyways, Isaiah, what's your take on this Sony Spider-Man verse? So do you think Sony's really going to try to do its own thing? Or is it, like, I don't know. Like, it's just confusing because, like, it's like, is Sony playing games with us or what? Yeah. So I, I have, I'm very excited for this topic because it just gets me so angry. Um, so if you want, I can, I can do like a, a kind of a, a quick rundown on like what the deal is, if you want. Go like ahead. Between, yeah. Yeah. Talk. Okay. So it, it started with, with Civil War, right? And that was the initial deal. Um, but then, and that's the one that, like, once it was done in 2019, um, when we, when everyone was scared that that uh, Tom Holland was leaving the MCU, um, and it sounds like Tom Holland himself like called both Marvel and Sony and was like, "You people need to work this out because we're going to let too many people down." And so that deal, which is the one that's like currently in place, um, allegedly is for three more another Spider-Man trilogy, but also that. Sony, since they own all Spider-Man characters because Marvel sold them in the 90s to them. Um, a big regret in the long run. Big regret in the long run. But Marvel was like on life support at that point. Um, uh, uh, Sony gets to use all Spider-Man characters in its own universe. That's uh, like you said earlier, the Sony Spider-Man universe, SSU. But also they have the right to kind of do whatever they want with Spider-Man. So they can they can they can loan him out to Marvel and he can be in the MCU. But if they want to pull him, pull Tom Holland specifically back, they are allowed to. It is within their legal rights to do that. Um, however, 
and this is where my knowledge kind of falls apart a little bit, but a lot of the uh, the back end of the deal is like who produces and who funds which movies. So I think uh, Sony foots the bill for these Spider-Man uh, solo movies, um, but also gets like a majority of the money from them. Um, so like Marvel, I don't think got a ton of money, but also they didn't really fund No Way Home. Meanwhile, um, Marvel foots the bill for something like Infinity War, but they also are then allowed to use Spider-Man um, in that movie. Mm-hmm. So going forward, um, Marvel or Sony rather, uh, I believe relies on, and we've talked about this a bit, confusion to uh, make the movie going public think that they're going to see a Marvel movie, an MCU movie, when in fact they're going to see Jared Leto starring as Dr. Michael Morbius. And you're like, when is Spider-Man going to show up? And they mention Spider-Man. I guess spoilers for Morbius. Can you go ahead. Mention spo- okay. Yeah, you know, that's it. No, look, before you do it, um, yeah, I was going to say, go ahead and spoil anything in the SSU because I feel like on my take that when it can, when people look at Sony Marvel-only films, they're like, uh, you know, they can care less, honestly. Because I know a lot of people that have seen, like, that have not seen Let Their Con- uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage because I was mm-hmm. trying to talk to people that saw No Way Home. I was like, hey, what do you think about like about the post credit scene and Let Them Be Carnage, right? And they're like, what are you talking about? So the point mm-hmm. I'm trying to uh, say, guys, is that nobody really cares about, you know, Sony Marvel movies. Go ahead. And that that is the biggest thing. That's the most confusing thing is so Marvel or uh, Venom and Venom 2 uh, both did very well financially. They, I think Venom 1 ended up grossing worldwide like 800 million and Venom 2, I'm not sure if it matched that, but it was very high, maybe like six, 700 million. Um, so people people go to those movies, right? People see them. Not everyone saw Venom 2 because I agree with you. There were several people that I brought up, oh, well, have you seen the post credit scene to Venom 2? And they're like, no, I haven't seen Venom 2 at all. So I was like, okay, well, that's kind of important for No Way Home, kind of, in, in a weird way, maybe. Um, but that being said, um, Sony does everything that they can to make people think that they are seeing a Marvel movie, such as in the trailers for Morbius, they say over and over, a new Marvel legend arrives. And they have Michael Keaton in the trailer, which is the villain from Spider-Man Homecoming, which is an MCU movie. And you're like, oh my gosh, how is this? Is this in the Marvel Universe? What's going on? Turns out, that Michael Keaton was only in the post credit scene. Why the fuck did you show that in the trailer, Sony? What are you on, dude? But, but, again, it pisses us off, but it's all intentional to get people, one, confused, and not not you and I, right? Well, I guess it still confused me, but it was more so, why are they doing this? Not, oh, I'm excited to see this new Marvel character. So it um, confuses people, like the general going audience, um, general movie going audience, and that is in their business interest because um, I don't know how many people want to go see a Morbius movie, but I don't know how many people wanted to see the Eternals. But I know a fair amount of people who are like, well, I know Eternals is a Marvel movie, so I'll go see it. I'll go see it. I'll go see it. Because it's going right? to interconnect with this huge MCU exactly. franchise. Yeah. Exactly. And so uh, Sony does everything that they can to um, 
God, it's so funny. There is an interview that I think it was maybe when uh, like Far From Home was coming out with Kevin Feige, like the godfather of the MCU, and then uh, Amy uh, Pascal. Pascal, yeah, who I don't know if she still works at Sony, but I think she specifically works with the Spider-Man character because I think she left after like the Sony hack. So she doesn't work for Sony specifically, but I think she still produces Spider-Man movies on behalf of Sony. Um, and there's this interview where it's her and and Kevin and the interviewer is asking like, oh, so, you know, are we going to see Venom and Spider-Man, you know, fight each other at some point? And Amy is basically like, oh, it's going to happen. Like, it's going to be crazy. And you can see Kevin's face is kind of just panicking. Like, what is she saying? None of this oh, is true. Shit. I never saw that. Interview. Yeah, it's it's funny. There have been like several like TikTok cuts of it where it's just like the curb your enthusiasm theme playing over it as it zooms in on kevin's face um so that is basically emblematic of the larger struggle which is sony being like oh yeah we like we're we're part of it and and go see our movies too and marvel being like that's actually its own thing you can go see it if you want but it doesn't it doesn't pertain to us at all and it doesn't affect us at all yeah um but that that does affect, I guess, the Spider-Man character going forward, especially the way that No Way Home ended. But um, I also I'll speak on on the Sony Sony Universe future specifically. Um, so we have, like you said, we have Craven the Hunter coming up, which I'm also excited for. I really like Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, I wish he would have come back as Quicksilver, but you know it's a different story. Um, we also have. Um, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember hearing about this. Uh, a film about the character of El Muerto coming out, starring Bad, Bad Bunny. Bunny. Yes. Um, so, so my sister, of, Alicia, if you're uh, my sister. If you're listening to this, you should be hyped. But anyways, yeah, hype. Yeah. Uh, funny thing about that character is he has only appeared in like two issues uh, back in the early 2000s. That is the extent of his character. What so. The fuck? A lot of people were very confused on what that means. Um, it, it is an exciting step forward for representation within comic book uh, movies. Um, but why that character? I don't know. Out of all um, the characters you could pick. Out of all the characters, especially out of all the characters that Sony could pick. Because I, I believe they have access to if the character was introduced in a Spider-Man comic, they have first dibs maybe or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, and, and don't quote me on that because I feel like, I don't know, the Fantastic Four could have been introduced in a spider-man comic and like that's obviously not uh, a sony uh movie so so we have him where coming we know that we have uh the madam web movie coming uh which has had dakota johnson who's uh from Rimmered. the yeah uh 50 shades franchise um is confirmed to be in that movie uh if people are familiar with any aspect of Madam Web, it could be from several of the Spider-Man video games that have come out over the years or the 90s animated show. And in that, she is kind of like this multiversal uh, caretaker who is a spy, also a spider lady. Like, uh, But she's usually really, really old. So having Dakota Johnson be cast as her, and Dakota Johnson, I think it's like 35 tops. Yeah, a lot of people are old. confused. Yeah, not too old at all. Um, but... At the same time, there's also a version of, of, of Madam Web who's more like a secret agent in, in like the regular world. So people are assuming that's what it's going to be, but we don't know. It'd be kind of funny if they just put Dakota Johnson in old woman makeup and had her sit in this giant web chair like she sits in in the, in the show. Um, and I think those are the only two confirmed other ones that are in development besides, um, besides Venom 3. 
we know Venom 3 is coming. We know Venom 3 is on the way. Um, and I just, like, I don't know how they pick what they're doing next. Like, why Madam Web? Why El Muerto? Why Dr. Michael Morbius? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're going to get a sequel to, my, to Morbius. It was not well-received, and I don't think it did super well. Especially when it was um, delayed six times. I mean, especially when it was delayed six times. That's just so frustrating. Uh, yeah. Now, you know what? Let me say something, though. In In defense of Morbius uh, and this, I don't think I'll ever say that phrase again, but in defense of Morbius, <laughs> that movie was supposed to come out in theaters in like 2019, well before COVID, well before any of the multiverse stuff was happening yet in the Marvel universe. So there's a lot of rumors that Morbius was supposed to like kind of in a sly way take place within the MCU just without like saying it up front. And so when Loki and, and No Way Home come out and they introduce this concept of the multiverse, uh, the filmmakers behind Morbius kind of had to reshape what they were doing um, to make it make sense in the context. Now, I still think they did a bad job with the fucking Dr. Mike or uh, Michael Keaton showing up and being like, oh, I sure hope the food's better here. Yeah. Uh, I think this has something to do with Spider-Man like that line is so awful and the post credit scenes are so stupid yeah for those of um, you that don't know what isaiah is talking about at the moment so in the post credit scene in morbius obviously spoiler alert but who cares at this mm-hmm. point because it's fucking morbius mm-hmm. sony um so like mike so the multiverse opens up in the sonyverse right and mm-hmm. then uh vulture adrian tombs gets transferred from the mcu verse to the sonyverse and then this is my hot take on this like I don't know why they would do that because I feel like that move that so that Morbius did, I mean not Morbius himself, but the movie producers did. That goes against No Way Home because the point of Doctor Strangebow was to set everyone back to their own universes, you know, not to send so, any people from the MCU verse to other universes, just to those people that were trying to enter the MCU verse back to their universe. That's what makes right. me mad. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Um... Sony has, and it's so weird because Sp- Spider-Verse, uh, the animated movie, was received so well that people are like, oh, maybe Sony's actually actually going to do a good job from now on. And then they come out with the Venom movies, which did critically are uh, critically awful. Um, they made money, but like critics hated them. Um, and same thing with Morbius, where they just, they always step on their own feet and don't explain it. Because I generally don't think that the Sony executives care, you know, as a, like they don't have a Kevin Feige, even even Amy Pascal, like I'm sure she cares, but at the end of the day, it it just does not have that same cohesiveness. And like you're saying, obviously, I'm not super familiar with the uh, intricacies of how magic works, but um, the spell that Doctor Strange uses in No Way Home, why 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 would it move michael keaton from the mcu into the spider-man universe there's zero there's zero reason for that and there's zero logic behind that move um and there have been a lot of um rumors that like michael keaton probably won't be back in the mcu anymore which is very sad because he was probably one of the best villains that there has ever been in the mcu so so um to conclude my rant on spider-man or rather sony I don't know what they will end up doing. I don't think they know what they are doing. Um, unlike unlike Phase Four, I'm kind of confused on what it's meaning, but I know Marvel has a plan. Um, Sony, 
I think they genuinely do not know what they're doing uh, moment to moment. And I think it will continue to be confusing both for both for fans like us, where we're pretty up on stuff, but also for the general movie going public. I think they are just going to be confused as heck. So, I don't know. Yeah, well, well said, Isaiah. Well, I think that back when you see it, I think Sony, they don't really care truly for the fans, you know? They don't really give them what they want, you know? As you can tell what we have said so far about the SSU. I just really think they're in it for the money, right? And just don't care. And then... Uh, yeah, like, it just, I think, okay, here's my thing. It, I feel like if the SSU is going to do its own thing, right, at least let it stand out. Let it be different from MCU. And then here's what, and then not only I've said this, but I have, I have heard other people say this on podcasts and on TikTok that if Sony wants to stand out, right, then make these movies rated R. Like, you know, make let uh, Venom let there be carnage like rated R. So that way it can at least be entertaining, you know? So yeah, that's I even thought about that, but that's a fantastic point where why not, if you're going to go for it, go for it. And I think that is actually a really good thought that they have to differentiate themselves. But at the end of the day, though, I think that that's not what they want to do. They want they want to continue to try and uh, glom on the MCU success and by extension, just make enough money to keep making movies, you know, as opposed to doing anything artistically, you know, satisfying or uh, that would break the mold and really impress people. Well, yeah, it's just whoever at this point. Well, hey, mm-hmm. if Sony mm-hmm. takes my point, I get credit for it. Like, you know, the idea. I heard it. You have it recorded. I was here. I remember. Woo! That. Mm-hmm. Right on. So, mm-hmm. Isaiah, so moving on from that uh, segment, you know, that topic, mm-hmm. let's move on to Moon Knight. So, Isaiah, uh, tell us your thoughts about Moon Knight. What do you think? Yeah. And, um, and your thoughts about your opinions. Final thoughts, for sure. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it did a good job of, uh, like, leaving you confused at first, you know, going in. Um, especially if you watched week to week uh, during the earlier episodes, there are those scenes where it, he, uh, Stephen at the time, um, kind of, like, loses where he is and then it's like oh my god there's a bunch of dead bodies around me what the fuck is going on um and so those slow reveals i thought were handled really well that there were multiple personalities and all that kind of stuff uh are we do i just do full spoilers up top yeah yeah okay wait wait because i guess it's it's been a while now so i don't know if you guys haven't been warned you've been warned yeah okay so warning for moon knight spoilers um the post-credit scene where it turns out that there is a third uh, personality that is still working for Khonshu, uh was pretty Jake funny. Lockley. Yes, yeah, Jake Lockley. Um, very cool. Uh, I think that will be very important wherever we see Moon Knight next, be it at Moon Knight Season 2, or there's rumors that he'll show up in like the Blade movie, um, which I guess we still don't have a release date for, so who knows. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was something different. Um, I liked how it still it it was very like tenuously connected to the mcu and that they weren't like oh my god can you believe you know the eternal just showed up like obviously they're not going to say that but like it wasn't something like that i think there was only a couple references to the wider mcu i know on one of the buses in in one of the scenes that takes place in london there's an ad for the global repatriation council which was a plot point in 
uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, um, that that uh, Disney Plus show. Um, but otherwise, I'm trying to think like wider MCU references for the show, just so we can place it timeline wise. I can I don't help think you. They're really, yeah, go ahead. Uh, not like uh, that happened in the past, but so remember at the credit scene where like uh, Harrow is getting pushed by the mm-hmm. wheelchair to the hospital. So I read online the on the poster. There's a QR card code, right? And if you scan that QR code in the poster in the in the background of the hospital hallway on the wall, then if you scan it, the King the Conqueror pops up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I I know and the uh, and I tried it. Was... I, and I tried my best. Sorry, to, sorry yeah, to, interrupt, to get but, it. Yeah, I tried my best to get it, but it wouldn't pop up. But that's why I read mm-hmm. online. I I I did hear that as well. There was a multitude of QR codes throughout Moon Knight, and if you scanned them, they would um give you different uh marvel comics um um, issues that kind of uh, influenced that specific episode (laughs) or like you said things that were coming to the future um i guess it the the global repatriation council uh ad does place it at least after the blip so after people have already disappeared does it place does it take place during those five years does it take place like like modern day being like 2024 or whatever it is in the MCU. Uh, we don't exactly know. It's not really too important to the story. So I don't really care too much. Um, I also really enjoyed the, oh, also uh, on in terms of references, um, the hippo goddess uh, Tauret does reference the concept of the afterlife in the MCU and that it's really kind of whatever you believe, that's, that's what you'll go to. And she references the ancestral plane, which is the afterlife that we see in Black Panther, um, where all those former Black Panthers are there, or kings or whatever, whoever they are, I don't remember. Um, so I thought that was a cool call out. Of, what an expert, uh, guy. See, I didn't even freaking know that. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, it's, it's, I have too much time. Um, and... <laughs> I think, though, going forward, I'm genuinely curious as to when we see Moon Knight again. Um, I think there is no confirmed, like, this is when he's going to show show up again. So I am curious as to when that'll happen, uh, just like I am with White, with a white vision, where I... Where really the hell the is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? So overall, great show, great introduction to... Uh, Moon Knight as a character, especially uh, beforehand, people are were kind of just like, is he just kind of like Batman? Like, what, what, what is this? And no, very different character. Um, unless Batman has split personalities, and I've just never read those storylines. But plot twist. Uh, just kidding. Yeah, plot twist. Um, there's this complete tangent for a second. There's this one like alternate uh, universe Batman story that has. Uh, it turns out that Alfred is actually like all the villains because he just dresses up differently to keep to keep batman busy because like of the trauma or whatever it's a funny it's a funny story so kind of um, like a scooby-doo plot twist that they do yeah basically what basically. the hell yeah um but anyway moon knight fantastic i liked it and i'm excited to see where it goes in the future how about you what do you think well i think to take a ride on your last point i think at this point when it comes to like seeing moon knight in the future i'm just gonna go with the flow I'm just I'm not gonna stress out on it because like you said like we said earlier there's a compound a TV series a top of movies nowadays with the MCU, but to answer your question my take on Midnight I love Midnight I thought I think honestly, um, in my opinion it's my favorite MCU show so far and we can talk about in another podcast about our rankings yeah. about TV shows but that's for another podcast but I really liked it I really I what I truly liked about the TV show is that it explored it explored Egyptian 
like uh what do you call it greek mythology, mythology. i mean yeah Egyptian yeah, mythology. mythology yeah yeah and then, and then in other media types of media was in was like percy jackson or just other mm-hmm. types of media that we grew up on we always learned about greek mythology i just never really learned about egyptian mythology and just learning about the gods like conchu amen and just like those other ones i found really interesting so yeah and i just really and just props to oscar isaac like just his acting skills was just on point. Like he should win some award on acting, for acting for three split personalities. So yeah, I just liked it. Yeah, I I definitely agree that. Then I didn't I didn't mention that uh, unfortunately, but Oscar Isaac, fantastic. I remember in some of the trailers, people were like shitting on uh, Stephen Grant's accent as like too like it's like overly jokingly British, um, but I think that was I think that was part part of the character and that literally that personality is fake and that accent would have been based on something that um, Mark heard when he was a kid. Right. So it's not going to be a perfect, uh, perfect uh, world or city Egyptian accent, um, British accent. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, something. Go ahead. Go ahead. So um, thank you for mentioning uh, Stephen Grant. So speaking of Stephen Grant, what another um, reason why I love Moon Knight was because I love the relationship, the relationship development that Stephen Grant and Mark Spector bonded. You know, at first they just just did not get along. They just wanted the body for themselves. You know, but afterwards they just worked as a team. Especially when they went, they after everything they went through in the afterlife, that just hit me hard emotionally. Yeah, they did a really good job of exploring, um, like, they the concept of the split personalities was never played for a laugh if that makes any sense um i think they did a really good job of exploring this idea that uh steven was born out of trauma and it was was born out, out of a coping mechanism for his abusive parents and they didn't shy away from that and i think i that really came across in that it wasn't like i said played for a joke or oh what wacky scenario is he in now um now towards the beginning of the show it is I it is played for drama it is interesting because you're like what in the world is going on but as you find out more and more it's definitely uh the case that uh we find out the relationship is was supposed to be separate you know um um Steven or yeah Steven was created as this coping mechanism but it eventually becomes that they can uh really have a relationship and coexist that also not for nothing uh results in some pretty cool fight scenes when they're like switching back and forth really fast yeah 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 so um i just realized that what you were just saying that now I think about it like what you just said like moon knight it just brings some of the concepts are really very very deep you know what i'm saying which we don't really see too much in mcu projects because most of these mcu projects are comic comic relief if not action relief but yeah it like moon knight made me think deep down in my opinion and then yes i i love what you just said about uh about mark i mean the mark and steven bonding when they're switching uh their what do you call it their suits because it just feels like it just feels like that venom tom hardy relationship in my opinion yeah and I'm, i'm excited to see that develop with uh jake next season however or next time we see however it plays out um to see them switching between all three i think that'd be kind of cool and funny well, here's the thing. I heard in another podcast that these people's opinions, right, on the on the podcast mm-hmm. I was hearing, that are is Mark and Steven Moon Knight then since Jake's Moon Knight. 
Yes. If that makes sense. Um. Yeah. So I. Th- Especially, like each with, of them. especially with the second post credit scene that I mean, the post credit scene that happened, you know, with Jake Lockley killing Harlow. Yeah. So. Oh, Harrow. Sorry. Think, Excuse me. No, no, you're good. I think that they are still like they obviously have their own uh, personalities as Moon Knight in specific costumes. Um, I don't know if Jake act like in the comics does or if he is just more he looks he's dressed as himself as Jake Lockley to be more inconspicuous and can like beat the shit out of people or whatever um but I don't know if he uses like the Moon Knight suit I don't know if he has a specific like like Mr. Knight how Steven had his like 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 nice you know um tie and everything I don't know if Jake has his own variation of the Moon Knight suit or if he is just a personality that doesn't um that that just relies on like beating the shit out of people but not the actual Moon Knight costume you know well, I, I hear you but what i'm asking is that when in that during the scene when uh jake lockley shoots uh harlow hallow whatever you want to call his name mm-hmm. right didn't like would did the the steven and mark black out or what do you think oh okay that's, that's I, what yeah that's okay, why no, i'm kind of getting confused on but yeah i think you now understand me now yeah no i i think i think it is exactly what was happening to steven in the beginning where he didn't know who like what was happening um, with Mark being there, that is 100% what is happening there because I think Khonshu even says something on the line along the lines of like those two idiots think that I'm done with them, but like why would I be done with them when I have this guy working for me still? Um, and I think during the finale that was a very important line where uh, Stephen and Mark are making the deal with Khonshu like okay we're gonna help you here and then we're done we're good. Yep, and Khonshu says that, yeah. yeah, and Khonshu says I will release the two of you. And like, it's like, ah, Kanchu, you fucking asshole. Like, you know that there's a third personality that you've been working with this whole time. And like, technically speaking, you know, he's not lying. He released the two of them, but he's still using the body because he still has Jake under his, I wouldn't say control, I guess, because it makes it sound like mind control, but he still has, is employing Jake to do whatever he needs. To that third avatar to rely on. Yeah, exactly. So damn you, Kanchu, you know. Yeah, we'll just find out in the future. So, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, we all, good thing that we both thought that, hey, maybe not was a good project, you know, for the MCU, mm-hmm. that it proved that, hey, they can go to other routes and still be successful, you know? Exactly. Well, this wraps up the podcast of episode two of the Talks with Cheese. So, uh, Isaiah, thank you once again for joining. And then, you guys, expect Isaiah to keep being on the pod when, when talking about MCU content and just movies in general, because, I know we're going to talk about a lot of summer blockbuster films, you know, just like Jurassic Park, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, Buzz Lightyear, just like the the list goes on. Yeah, I'm very excited. We've got a very packed summer. Um, I think the box office is still kind of making up for kind of being shut down for like two years. So I think we're we're getting back to the groove of things and I'm very excited for what we have in store. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Once again, thank you for joining. And guys, um, I just want to let you know, here soon, um, I will come out with sports con- content. It's just once my uh, once I get better audio equipment to do in-person podcast is when I would do it. So just stay t- uh, tuned for that one. And yeah, thank you for joining. Yeah, have a good one, everybody. Yeah, have a good one.